0: You're listening to The Chartographers.
1: It's a music-loving podcast for music-loving people and guys we are here doing the ultimate ranking podcast of all time That's right. The balding Willy Wonka of 80s synth syrup funk. That's right Phil Collins is our subject for the day We are gonna take his entire discography and we are gonna rank it worst to best and forget the rest You know at this point I have all the catchphrases for the show down like pat like it is like a thing but more importantly, though, uh, some, you know, longtime listeners of the podcast may notice that um, our usual guest here in the co-creator chair, Taryn O'Reilly, he is not here for this one. And saddened by that, I was like, how are we going to do this podcast? Against all odds, how? And I found out a way by bringing in two utterly incredible guests. Um, our first one, longtime friend of mine, he is a writer. You've probably seen us writing over at the Frederick News Post. You've probably seen us writing over Alternative Press. You'll probably see us writing in a forthcoming brand new book. About the '90s alternative rock scene, guys. Colin McGuire is in the house. Colin, how you doing?
0: Oh, I'm great. I'm so great. I'm so so great. I'm better than great. It's against all odds. And <laughs> I already did that joke. God damn it. Um, and guess what?
1: Uh, listen, Colin, I'm so glad you're here, and it's so glad to connect with you after a while. I'm so happy about this, but more importantly, we have someone to balance it out. We have. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm really thinking of you know. And then there were three, to put it one way. Guys, you might know him as a writer over at Rolling Stone. You might know him for his work on Paste Magazine. You might know him for his forthcoming Hal Leonard book on Fleetwood Mac. Guys, Ryan Reed is joining the group. Ryan, hello, how you doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing great and please don't take that at face value because what we're gonna talk <laughs>
1: Listen, about Listen, all right. Guy all I all I'm asking for you guys is that we're gonna just take a look at his entire discography from both sides. Um and so let's let's dive right into it. Let's take a cast, look at it we now. know what
0: sorry <laughs> listen
1: most of this podcast i know it's like listed as two hours long that's only because we're making puns for the everything right now and now we're gonna dance to the light a little bit hey that...
0: i can feel it in the air tonight listen right i'm now. looking for you guys it. to
1: testify about this jesus i'm gonna stop i need to stop right now or i'm gonna kill myself uh guys so we're doing uh phil collins he is his uh, a fascinating career he is i mean arguably one of the biggest pop music careers in history. The dude has a fucking Oscar uh, and it sold bajillions and bajillions of records. And yet he started out as a drummer for kind of jazzy, kind of funky stuff and then started moving into prog rock and then became literally the embodiment of 80s synth pop. Like it's, it's been a journey. And then he did the fucking Motown album. Uh, and so <laughs> that's why we're really fascinated to dive into this. Uh, we're going to be ranking his albums. Uh, and let's, before we do anything else, We're going to talk about qualifiers, and at this point, I should also mention, because I'm sure you're listening to all these podcasts in a row, we don't have theme song music for when we do the qualifying section. If someone could do, like, a five-second song about qualifiers, I'd appreciate it. Um, Guys, so we're talking about the eight core albums. The eight core albums are Face Value, his 1981 debut, Hello, I Must Be Going from 1982, No Jacket Required, the Mega Smash from 1985, But Seriously from 1989, Uh, The Both Sides from 1993. It's Both Sides, not THE Both Sides. Dance to the Light from 1996, Testify from 2002, and Going Back from 2010. Now, that's pretty, that's pretty, you know, par for the course. Those solid eight albums, we can all nod in agreement, right? We're nodding.
2: I'm nodding. Yes, I'm nodding.
1: So many <laughs> vigorous nodding is going on. <laughs> uh, but now there is a couple weirdness on here. Uh, weirdly enough, half his number one singles, half of Phil Collins' number one singles, come from soundtracks, which is interesting. And so, uh, listen, uh, we're not really gonna qualify Buster. Buster doesn't
0: make it on here. <laughs> oh my God, has anybody watched that movie recently? Because I have.
2: No. 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 Dude, please. Tell Have us. you watched that movie ever? I've never watched year? it, no.
1: No. Oh. I've seen it at the dollar bin at the DVD oh, store. It's
0: so good. I was, it's so, so good.
2: <laughs> I was just reading about it actually earlier today because I was trying to prep for this and I thought, what what the fuck is Buster again? Like I forgot that <laughs> that existed.
1: I was reading the oh, three-star so Roger Ebert review of yes! this motherfucker. Yes!
0: Yeah! Nice. Listen, I, oh. And
1: also to put wow. Phil Collins in his further place, let's not forget that as a child actor... He was in, what was it, fucking Hard Days Night?
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was in a Hard Days Night, yes.
1: Motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, all right, so guys, so the real question about all of this is re- when we get down to it, are we actually going to count the Academy Award winning Tarzan soundtrack?
0: I was just gonna say that. Same here. Uh, um I I don't think we should. In fact, I think that should be scrubbed from his record forever. <laughs> I love oh, that idea, by the way. I,
2: I think we should not count it just because it confuses things a little bit. I think it makes it... it
0: does.
2: Should it count? Should it not? I don't know. I, I think it's a tough one. I think we're better served just eight albums. Yeah.
1: I mean, because there are songs on there, but I don't think they're enough to necessarily quantify no. Or, or No, qua- it
0: sucks. You Get it good. out. Get it out of here. Get All it right. out
1: right now. Listen, no I kind of like That's it. impossible. I kind of like it. But Colin like has laid his latest foot oh, down, no. we are not including the Tarzan soundtrack. I am okay <laughs> with that. There is no, listen, as much as I wanted to talk about his in sync collaboration, One you know, Raid of ha- the Camp or whatever I- the fuck that was.
0: I'm happy to review the Buster movie right now if you'd like to do that.
1: Just give it, give us our two sentence <laughs> review of Buster the Movie. Let's get this yeah. let's get this
0: Um the best. <laughs> That's it. I gave you two words, not two sentences. The best. Those are
1: there two sentences right there. Okay. Yeah. Well, guys, in that case, we have eight, for the most part... Mo- oh, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I'm a dummy. Well, one more thing about the qualifiers here. Uh, in terms... Not that I don't think it's going to change much, but in terms of going back, recently, as of 2016, Phil Collins released all these different uh, deluxe editions of all these different albums yes. and weird phases. Indeed. And the thing is that on going back... He did uh, The Essential going back because yes. the original album was 18 goddamn tracks and then he cut it down <laughs> to like... And he admitted, he admitted in the press release, like, there's too many songs on there. And it's like, <laughs> okay, cool, I got it. Uh, so do we, count, do we count the original 18-track version or the 10? I don't think it's going to weigh too heavily, but it might change my opinion somewhat on the ranking. I
2: would lean toward the original, personally. Yeah, me too. Yes, and I, a, to, I agree. To be frank, I haven't listened to the. I've got it, but I just haven't listened to it yet. So that kind of plays into my decision as well. But I, I feel like it's going to be the same on my list no matter what because it's. I won't spoil anything, but it my my picks are pretty firm. I think, and I don't.
1: Alright, well, we're gonna see. Now, guys, for those of you who are listening for the first time, we're all gonna rank, we're gonna talk about our favorite ones, and the thing is that we're we're very well-knowledgeable people, but we're also not assholes. Uh, I could be saying, like, guys, testify is the greatest thing Phil Collins ever made, and if Ryan agrees Boo. with me, Colin could be like, you know, like, hey, you know, maybe, maybe you're onto something there, but we're also willing to hear opinions, I'm willing to hear arguments one way or another, and we're gonna start with the argument and end all arguments, starting at number eight on the list, Guys! What is the
0: worst Phil Collins album? This is easy to me. This is very easy to me. But I want Ryan to go first.
2: Oh, that's just mean. (laughs) But okay, I'll do it. Because I feel pretty confident in this. I'm afraid, though. Because I want to agree with you on this. And I'm afraid you're going to disagree with me. but.
1: These two Phil Collins fans, by the way, have not uh, collaborated. They're not in cahoots to each other. They don't know. (laughs) There's not a single one cahoot
2: in this whole thing. Yes. So I'm going to go with Are we ready for this? I'm going um, first. Zeker- is this really... Ha- okay. I'm going to say my... So we're starting at the bottom. I'm just clarifying. Yes. We are starting at the worst. <laughs> to make sure. Yes, I'm just kidding. My, my number eight <laughs> on this list is Testify.
0: Yes. <laughs> 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 <group proposals> <laughs> <ents fuerte> Woo-hoo. Me too. woo Me too. So now we, we agreed on digital that. Digital high let's, five on that.
1: Let's dive into this a yes. little bit. Ryan, why would you say that's the worst?
0: Well,
2: I actually was listening to some testify earlier today and that was very painful for me because the saying. album is horrendous but I did it because I, w- I went into this thinking no doubt that's the worst there was no doubt in my mind but I, I've got to listen to some of this again because it's probably been eight years since I've listened to, to testify and I thought I'm gonna do it so I, I just went on YouTube and was perusing and it confirmed the the negative thoughts that I already had about it it's just super cheesy songwriting and production just very lightweight even for phil collins and obviously phil's got some some lightweight tracks in there but it just doesn't have any of the all the other phil collins albums have something to balance out the cheesiness you know there's some Mm -hmm. some arty moments in there there's some moments of really really strong musicianship but this one to me is just pretty bland from start to finish again that very bland production just so smooth and kind of adult contemporary all the all the generic things that people say about phil when really they're just assholes it actually does apply with this one album it's the one album that confirms all the douchebags who who put him down so that i, I think it's just there's not a really a standout moment uh if i were looking at it let's see there was one track it's so
1: it's not driving me crazy i'll tell you that right now yeah, <laughs> no
2: not that one uh believe just come with me was the one Mm -hmm. and i I was that
1: the fucking the fucking lullaby one do 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 like that one no
2: it wasn't oh it wasn't the lullaby one but even that that just confirms (laughs) my opinion that i can't even remember my favorite song on it so yeah Yeah. it's just for me it's it's a clear number eight and there's no some of the other ones i could say uh maybe i could make the argument one way or the other but this one's firm it's definitely
0: testify i agree um i agree completely actually i i did something along the same lines i i went out and actually bought all eight of these re-releases i yes, they were not did. sent to me like they were sent to evan Because yes. i think uh, they were all sent to evan they were probably sent to you too ryan
2: yeah no? I, I eventually did get them yeah i reviewed actually what did i review i reviewed some of them but then they sent them to me gradually so I, I was, yeah, they yeah. did
1: like two stage albums at a time. We were yeah, like, we're just gonna tease you out. Like, yeah, okay. like
2: yeah. Yeah, not worth it. But yeah, yeah.
0: So I I went back with with this one, and I there there's a there's something I thought was very curious about this because I I went back in preparation for this and read all the liner notes for for all of the re-releases, mm-hmm. and I, I looked at all of the 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 B sides or the additional the, the extra discs, the bonus yeah.
1: materials, yeah,
0: yeah, and. If you notice, this is the only record where he only has four live performances of any of the songs. Now he never toured this, or I guess maybe he did go out at some point with this, but it was probably just a sort of a greatest hits kind of tour. But I, I reading the things that he wrote in the liner notes for this, I think Phil Collins even yeah. knows this was a throwaway, yeah. rec- a throwaway record. Like I, I really do. I, I remember when this came out, I was so excited. To, to see this come out. And I was like, new Phil Collins, new Phil Collins. Ooh. And then I heard Testify, I heard the title track. And I was like, you need to take me out back and put a knife into my belly right now because I cannot handle this. Uh, and it, it just goes from there. I mean, even the whole, the it's so stupid. He tried to pair this with True Colors True Colors was, it's it's one of the additional yeah. uh, tracks. They they did a live version of it. I thought that was the cheesiest, stupidest Nothing. idea for a cover song for Phil Collins to do ever. Yeah. Now,
1: now, now, here's the thing. I am I am 100% okay with burying Testify and not talking about it for the rest of my life. I'm 100% okay with that. <laughs> okay. But I just want to put something out there real quick. I, my least favorite Phil Collins album by A Nautical Mile is actually right okay. next to it dance into the light
0: uh see now i I don't go ahead go ahead (laughs) go ahead we we, you and i i don't know that that's really as bad as you think it is evan ryan what do you think
2: I it's it's close to that on my list the one thing that separates dance into the light from from testify is the title track on that album i actually love that song
0: me too me too
2: yeah I, i think it was because it was like, I don't know. I heard it at this formative time in my life where I discovered that I love Phil Collins so much. And it's, I don't know. It's just like a, it's got that uplifting thing about it that I love about Phil, even though it's cheesy. That, that mm-hmm. one song redeems, doesn't redeem it necessarily. I don't think that's a very good album as a whole, but I think that song separates it. Cause I can't name one track really on Testify besides, you know, that one that I can't remember. So that doesn't count. But, <laughs> right. uh, there's nothing on it that just stands out at all. But that one song, I guess it kind of elevates it a little bit. So I would give that the boost for sure. But I could understand where you would put that at the bottom. It's definitely not one of his major works at all. Dan- sure.
0: Dance into the Light the only reason that should never be considered an actual record is because he covers the times they are a change in and that is the single if you if you think true colors is bad yeah. the times they are a change i mean that there's no need for that no need for that see
1: here's my only thing about it is that you got to keep in mind perspectively dance of the light came out in 1996 so it's an era when radio pop schmaltz was you know right around the time like let's not forget 1993 he had hits with songs like everyday which is just schmaltz personified but Down yeah. to the Light was yeah. almost like, hey, you know what? This whole Graceland world beat thing, this is cool. We should probably yeah. keep this up a little bit. And oh. that was so far removed from it that it came off as cheesy in a way where Testify, even if it's weaker, it comes off and of maybe a little bit more winking, a little bit nostalgic. Like, listen, yeah. while well, 1996 he was trying to like trying to keep up with the times and just failing, Testify almost gets my respect because Liz is like, guys, I'm just Phil Collins. He's going to have to deal with it. There's that... <laughs> well, Go ahead. Didn't
0: that come? Didn't testify come on the heels of the Tarzan soundtrack? Though wasn't that sort of in the same vein?
1: Right, because the Tarzan soundtrack came out in 1999, and then he won all his other awards and shit. He's yeah. like, you know, guys, yeah. so maybe I could yeah. be a writer again. And then and then dove into that. But listen, would, oh, go ahead. I would
2: take Tarzan a million times over. Actually, either of these albums. To be honest, if this had been on the list, now I'm kind of regretting not making making that choice. Because <laughs> I I fucking love the Tarzan, but. Except for that insane really? song, that's.
0: Who yeah. says I fucking love the Tarzan soundtrack? Ryan Reed, Ryan Reed does. Ryan Reed does. You Our know this
2: man. All
1: right. Okay. In, My that, goodness. in that case, guys, I'm totally right, I'm okay with putting "Testify" at number eight. But listen, we just heard a wild defense of "Down to the Light," so I'm just gonna throw the ropes over here to Colin. Colin, what would you put at number seven?
0: Okay. Well, I'm gonna we're gonna take a left turn because I'm gonna put "Going Back" at number seven. Um, to me, okay. it was the most useless record Phil Collins ever did, uh, and that that even includes Testify. Testify, he was still trying to write original music. It was schmaltzy. It was bad. Mm-hmm. It was very, very, very much. Hey, we want to be adult contemporary radio. Mm-hmm. But going back um, to me, it is just there's no reason to do it other than it other than vanity. Like that's the only yeah. thing that I can think of. It's like, oh, I want to. I want to go do songs that I know I can do. I'm rich enough, I'm accomplished enough, I'm popular enough to do this, so let's go do it. What I do think is curious, and you guys can maybe correct me on this, but this is just some minor takeaway I took from it. When he put out The Essential Going Back, what I wondered was if the original, he, he tries to mask it by saying, oh, the original record was too long. Uh-huh. I wonder if he said, you know what, this record didn't sell at all. And to have to pay for these songs again, I don't want to have to pay for all these songs. So instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and I'm going to pick out my my favorite 14 and say, I'll pay for these again to put these on record again. But I'm not going to go for those other, whatever it was, 10 or 12 other songs on the original output, because I think he knows it was a failure. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I think, I don't know. It's such a weird fucking idea in the first place, because he clearly from the beginning just said... I have no. I don't even really care. That that was a sort of his the impetus for it was just I want to remake these songs for me because I love them so much. And yeah. I, I, he literally said I don't care. I don't want to change anything about them. I want them to sound yeah. exactly like they <laughs> yeah. did. And which was the whole weird thing about it is, what's the point really of it's you? It's just like hearing Phil's voice in the actual original recordings, which. It's never going to be as good as those original songs. So from the very beginning, by definition, it is going to be a failure. There's no way it is going to be a really successful project. So I would actually agree, and that's actually number seven on my list as well, going back, just because it serves no purpose. I agree with everything that you just said. And the reason it does get the slight bump, I think, over Testify is just because... (laughs) At least the songs are good, even if he <laughs> I didn't. I was gonna say that even, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like at least it's pleasant to listen to, and there are some nice moments where Phil kind of injects a little bit of his personality in there, albeit kind of discreetly. But it, it's still, like you said, it serves no purpose. It's the, the least. Like I, I almost want to give Testify the the boost just because, like you said, at least it does have original songs, and this was just, like you said, total vanity project from the beginning, but it i i listen to it more than i do testify and I, it is more pleasant even though it is totally pointless so it, it does get the slight boost even though yeah it's still i i it's yeah well, why, the thing, why the thing it, about it
1: though is that I mean, throughout his entire career, Phil Collins has always had success with covers. Like his first, like even though even you know, True. within the air tonight aside, you know, on the debut on Face Value in 1981, he had Tomorrow Never Knows, and then of course he also had a big hit with You Can't Hurry Love from Hello Must Be Going. Like he, the dude, has a clear love of it. But with going back, especially like I, you know, unlike even with like a fucking uh, Rod Stewart album where he does like the American Songbook Volume 800, you know, like I feel like yeah. like at the very least I'm contributing the scratchy Walt Stewart voice to the thing like and (laughs) I can understand that Phil Collins I'm not sure if you guys know this Phil Collins is not a great singer and it's really (laughs) hard for me amidst these wonderful powerhouse fans to say like Phil Collins sucks as a singer but he's not a great singer and the thing is when I listen to Going Back it's It's not like, I mean, A, your voice is not the good part. I will give credit to the production for being actually, at times, it sounds really of the moment. It sounds like evocative of the era. But I then end up with the same question of why. Why are we doing this?
0: I will add to that point, Evan, actually, and, and I will say this. Of the eight records that we're talking about now, I think without a doubt this is the worst record that he played on drumming. Oh. I think he oh, yeah.
1: didn't, didn't. He if, give. I thought he gave up drumming at this point. Or no, I wrong? This,
0: if you if you read a little, this was actually in the liner notes too. This was like he had to tape drumsticks to his hands in order yeah. to be able to play, and like it was really painful for him. So and if sad. You, it is so sad, and when you listen back to it, you can tell. I mean, there's hardly any groove. It's it's his worst drumming record of uh, all time. I think. Total agreement on that.
1: Guys, listen. I, if this podcast goes as easy as it's going right now, I am not opposed because we're getting through it right now. All right, guys. Number seven on the list is going back, but now we come to the crossroads. Even though I think I think we're gonna go to, I think we're gonna dance into something here.
0: Uh, I'm gonna jump back,
1: Ryan. What are you throwing? Dance of the Light at number Dance of the Light number six. Dance of the Light.
2: I am dancing into putting dance into the all light right. as dance <laughs> number you. six dance.
1: Thank you. All right. Do we, we already talked about this. I don't think we need to do anything more. All right, guys, listen. We're we're clear in time right here. We're already at number five, but that's okay because now I think this is where the dividing lines yes. start. Uh, oh, wait,
0: wait. Before before we move, can I say one more thing about dance into the light, please? Uh, okay. Okay, uh, that's what you said. I think that's a nice little pop song. That's all I have to say.
2: Yeah. Dance into the Light is a great song, in my opinion. Dance the into the
0: Light, that's what you said. That's a great song. Dance Into the Light's a great song. I have an affinity for wear my hat. Uh I, which yeah. I No, you
2: don't I, I have the ah! same affinity even though I feel I do feel guilty about it. I know ah. that it's I know it's one step over the line, but I still god damn it, I can't I can't help it. I still like it. Yes. I don't want to. I really don't want yeah. to. You can wear yeah, but my yes. hat. But you I still like it. You my
1: coat. Please take my wallet. It's a holdup. All right. So uh, <laughs> I would also say, here's the other thing too, is that let's also, this is going to be coming up a little bit, so let's kind of address it now. One of the things I hate about Dance of the Light is that You know, Phil is really socially conscious. He always tries to, you know, bring, you know, bring like societal issues into into what he's doing. You know, and you could talk about, you could argue about the effectiveness of a multimillionaire uh, talking about the plight of the homeless in uh, Another Day in Paradise. (laughs) But we could also talk about how there's just another story. Uh, You know, and some other some of the other songs. Oh my God, especially on Testify. Uh, just how he's talking about, like, the world's going crazy, man. Like, there's so many things I hate off these two albums where it's just like, you're actually out of touch. Platitudes aren't cutting it anymore. And I think in the 80s and early 90s, they absolutely did. It's just everything that's happened since then. It's just, you're you're kind of walking away from the gambit a bit. But that's all I have to say. But we are getting into heavy schmaltz territory. Yes. Um, <laughs> Colin, Colin, this is where side lines are drawn in the sand. I want to see I... what's going on here.
0: I believe, so this was, this is what I was thinking about. Number I thought, five. and I could be wrong, I could be wrong, You're pro- but I thought that this this whole thing would be separated into four releases, the first four and the last four, and that's my position on this. I'm going to conclude that first four by saying number five for me is both sides. Um,
1: and I would disagree, astonishingly. You, you would disagree? Would Where's disagree. Ryan on this? Did Brian Ryan leave? On uh, number
2: five, I am both sides. <laughs> We are we yeah. are exactly the same We're, so far. You
0: motherfuckers! We have not right.
2: we have not had a single <laughs> disagreement so far. It's.
0: I, this there's... is
1: upsetting to me. Go ahead, tell me about both sides.
0: Who do you want to go, Ryan? You want me to go? I,
2: if you want to go, I feel like I've been starting it off. Let's see. Let's see. Listen,
1: I okay. want to hear from both of you, though. I want to hear okay. both sides of this argument. Really. Oh, I get it. I see what you do. I, uh, I hate every pun I've done.
0: I actually, you know, there are songs on both sides that I really like. Yeah. Um, there's one one of his schmaltziest songs in the history of forever. Every day, I like that song. Yeah, I like I, that song a I lot. I do too. Um, like it's
1: it's so schmaltzy, but it's. Wrapped in that very nice melody, it's a very nice bow. Like it's mm-hmm. easy to hate on because it's so lightweight, but it's a solid pop song.
0: Yes, yeah. I I agree. And and the second the second to last song on the record, which Phil Collins I think has since said if he could do it again he would have taken this song off the record. We wait and we wonder. I always liked that song too. He is right mm-hmm.
1: about that. He's actually right about that though. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> then there's that. I always I I always really thought both sides of the story was fine enough. It was probably two minutes too long i thought especially if it it, it, it was going to be a a radio single can't turn back the years uh is good uh you know a lot of those songs on that record especially because i i remember this record from side a on the cassette that's what i remember this from and this the the first side of the cassette i remember loving the second side not so much but the first side i really liked well
1: uh hmm And and Well, this one is also interesting too because this is the only time in history that he's ever recorded every single instrument himself. It's just like this big I-need-to-take-back-not-work-with-collaborators kind of thing. Mm. And it's also kind of a Sad Boy album too. Like... With, all, yeah. with him talking about social plights and everything, there is just a hint of sadness that's just kind of running yeah. through this.
0: Yeah, that's I can understand that. But not nearly as much as But Seriously, which we'll get to in a couple minutes. I'm
1: well, sure. okay, because here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. But Seriously is actually my pick for number five, because here's the thing. Ooh. Uh, face value, really? Hello, I Must Be Going. Like, even, even, I I'm mean, literally leaving. every... Oh am oh, sh- <laughs> yes. Hello, Hello, you must be going. Oh. Uh, no, and the whole reason is But Seriously... <laughs> But seriously, on that album, I feel like every other album has a very distinct identity. And even though both sides is maybe his more kind of, you know, emo, sad boy album, and again, I'm using emo and sad boy in describing Phil Collins, get real, everyone, strap in. <laughs> uh, but like, even in Deaths of the Light, Testify Going Back, I feel like even with some of his lesser albums, they still have a distinct identity. But seriously, I've listened to it so many times over, and if you put, if you just put a, dropped a bomb in the middle of this track list and exploded the songs all over his discography, I have, would have a really hard time deciphering that they were like, oh, is this from a different album? Like, I feel like... Well, see, that's,
2: that's what I like about it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm, go I'm ahead. Yeah, train. I like... It's like Phil's... That's like a survey of everything he does. Yeah. You know, it's got a little bit of everything yeah. on there. And that's actually, for me... Well, I won't
1: spoil yeah. too much, because we've got oh. to top four to go to. <laughs> I think yeah. Ryan
0: and I are but, going in the same direction on that, but... You
1: guys agree on every fucking album? <laughs> I'm gonna wonder why I even invited you. Uh... <laughs>
2: But, yeah, just both sides to me is just, for me, it's, I think, Colin, I think you hinted to this earlier, but it's like a clear, to me, it's clear what the top four are automatically, and it's just where do you yes. place them within that top four, and same thing with uh, five through eight mm. as well. I think it's just, it's just where are you going to go with the particulars. But, fi- I mean, both sides for me is, it, it's sort of in that awkward zone of it's not a great Phil Collins album and it's not a horrible one. It's just sort of it exists. That's always sort of what I've thought about it. It's nothing particularly stands out on it. I can't name one particular song except maybe both sides of the story. That I like that pretty well. Probably just because it's the first song on there, so I listen to it. The most, it also but
1: has, I think, some is- of the most propulsive backing he's had because, like, it's the thing I like about and it, he really doesn't do it a lot on this album. He's done on other albums. Where he has a lot more propulsion underneath like that very like that drum beat on both sides of the story is so prominent and so yeah. massive and it really reminds me a lot of hello i must be going in some ways which cuz and that album can be fucking sinister at times and both yeah. sides like there's like hints of it kind of underneath and so even though it's mostly like i'm sad like i could, there's there's a bit of a, more of a heartbeat to it and that's kind of why i think a little bit more highly of both sides than but seriously but hey guys listen if we're if you want to keep on the agreement train and put both sides at number 5, I'm okay with doing that. If you want to do, should we do that? Should we lock that in? Yeah, I, I, so. I would be right. totally yeah. fine with that. Well, yeah, now I'm it's... getting pissed off. I want to fucking fight now. I'm like just like for <laughs> I, I've been like, listen, and listen, we're fine if, if face value, hello, I must be going. No jacket required, and but seriously, are the albums that are fighting out for the top spot? I'm totally okay with that. But really, let's just let's just put this test to the metal again. I want to see how in cahoots they secretly are. They said they didn't talk to each other beforehand. Clearly, that's a lie. So right now, <laughs> no cahoots. Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> Reed number four. Maybe. What are you dropping on? We're us? going to me. Yep. Who are we going to? We're going to? to Ryan Reed.
2: We're going to Ryan Reed at number four. At number four, I am going but seriously. Oh. At number four, but seriously, guys, I'm going with but seriously. <laughs> Fucking Christ. At number four, and Evan is shaking his head as if he wants to murder oh. me I, via the internet, just, via Skype. Just wait
1: where I'm going. I just have <laughs> to go. I'm going I, to take you to one of those back clubs, and we're going to fight this out. By the way, no jacket required to enter the club. It's really nice. Oh. God, it's so bad. It's so bad. Why are we doing this? Uh, Colin. Uh, they're all good. Colin.
0: They're, yes. Hello. You, yes. You, you want you my fourth?
1: Yeah. Do you uh, agree?
0: Okay. No, I don't agree. I do not agree. Oh, I, I do not oh, agree. Finally! <laughs> um, and I'm going to say something very, very controversial. Oh, I think right I now. know. What oh, I, it's what I, I think. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm going, excited. going number four. No jacket required. Yes! Um, oh, you. Colin McGuire! Oh. For the win! Um, Colin, you've stabbed me in the I'm back. I'm so sorry about that. When we, in okay, the heart. but when can we, we talk Peter about Gamble this episode, for a second? I'll make it up to you. But Can I, we talk I, about yes. this? Yes. Oh such, my God! You must. The thing, okay, I I want to say that with a caveat, with this caveat, um, "Inside Out," a no jacket required, was for many years of my life my favorite song ever written. So even though that's on this yep. record, I still think it falls at number four. Um, okay.
1: Now, now here's the thing about this one is that this is by a nautical mile his best selling album. Yes. It Won the Grammy for Album of the Year. It sold 12 million copies in the U.S. alone. It was what made Phil Collins uh, the most successful member of Genesis it, into a bonafide superstar.
0: It made him obnoxious. That's what I think. I think this was the record where people said, enough with you. And that's, I think that plays You're probably me. right on that.
2: I'd,
1: well, because yeah. and like if you read all the interviews that Phil Collins did around the 2016 re-releases of this, he really distanced himself from yes. the songs. Like, hey, listen, yes. I know Susudio is one of the biggest hits I've ever had ever and defined the 80s, but the producer made me do it. Like... <laughs>
0: Well, really? The man? live, the really? live version of "Sasudio" is killer. When they extend it out for seven, yeah. eight minutes, and they have Daryl go on that guitar riff and the back and forth horns, oh my god, that that is amazing. But the studio version of "Sasudio," please deliver me, Ryan. What do you have to say about this?
2: <laughs> oh man, there's so much to unpack here. Well, oh God, I guess I'll save my no jacket required for later because <laughs> well, a, it will be later. Yeah, ah. I will make. I will. Say, I won't say that, but I just think. Oh, for one, I I, I agree that the live version of the studio does trump the studio version, as do a lot of yeah. you know, filled songs, especially from this era. But. God damn it, I just, I love Susudio. I can't help myself. Like, listen, here's I cannot the other thing. help it. Of course, I can't, it's a I, Prince I actually rip-off. agree with all you, know Ryan. That, I
1: agree with you. I, like, as much as it's hated on, it's still a goofy, fun song. Like,
2: it's so goofy and so fun yeah. and so unabashedly just, it's, oh, it's just, it's Phil. It's Phil at his goofiest and silliest. and You know who I right? want. And it's just such a killer melody. You just,
0: you uh, know who I ahead. once read loves Susudio? James Ooh. Murphy. That makes oh, sense.
1: Yeah. LCD Sound I System. I could see that, James actually. Murphy. Yeah. But here's the other thing about the sound, because the more I listen to it, like there are certain albums that like transcend their eight, the 80s. Like When you listen to Michael Jackson's Thriller, I've used this analogy before, it doesn't sound like an 80s album. It doesn't even sound like a disco album. It just kind of sounds like this pop thing that almost exists out of time to a degree. Like It's just fascinating yeah. how that works. And yet the thing is, and there are other Phil Collins albums that I would even argue have elements of kind of a timeless quality to it, no Jacket Required is literally trapped in the 80s. Yeah. When, you, when you think about yeah. the sound of like what 80s pop is, you think about No Jacket Required, whether you actually know it or not. The big surging kind of rock guitars and these big, you know, Prince indebted synth vamps. You know, like yeah. it's just kind of. This is before you turn into absolute horn fetishism, but there was still, like, you know, he always had horns, but then he just lost it. Um, uh, but I would argue, though, none of these songs. Really stick to me the way I thought they would. Like, I really do. Like, don't lose my number. They'll that will never show up on anyone's. Here's my favorite Phil Collins <laughs> song and playlist. But I will say, even though I feel like this is a thing that is time locked and unable to escape its genre confines, "Take Me Home." I would argue is the greatest pop song Phil Collins ever wrote. Ooh.
2: No, uh, yeah. it, I think it's. Again, I won't. I'll I'll save my ranting for later (laughs) about that. In the Happy Hour
1: podcast, which will come up after. Don't worry, guys.
2: But I I have to. I'll switch it back to, but seriously seriously now, because that, again, that's my number four. I don't think I've ranted about this. I've. Semi drunk right now. So no, I'll try to keep going, keep going, because
0: I have so much to say about. But seriously, <laughs> listen, I want to he, hear r- you about Ryan, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, listen. I really not care anymore. Basically,
2: he can't wanted believe to get this track so Colin could rant about. I know because I, I want to hear your argument on this one because I think that's a very. It's interesting that you have that you like it more than me, and I think a lot of people because I don't, at least to my knowledge, it seems to be kind of forgotten outside of the top three for a it, lot of it, people. It but hasn't found a way I, to your
1: w- heart. Is that what you're saying?
2: Oh, you, goddamn you, Evan. I, you
1: know, but continue calling, please, guys. It, it's like
2: another day in paradise when we get to hang out and talk like this. It's just oh, it's
1: like, <laughs> so. like just like father to son. I know. I
0: get it.
2: You know what? It's just me, a, well, if only we had one more night to do this, then I think we could me, really.
0: Me personally, I just wish it would rain down. I mean that's just the way it is. I really. <laughs> I did this.
1: I am aware I did this, and now you guys are just droning on and on. But the thing is, hey, wait, wait, like,
0: one more thing about yes. No Jacket being number four. It has one more night on it. One More Night's one of the worst songs Phil Collins ever wrote. Oh, really?
2: Oh, I love that song uh, so
0: much. Really? Why? We, now, of... it why do you hate One More Night? Oh, why do I hate it? Oh, I think that that, uh, that I think it's a really lazy song. Actually, you if you really break it down musically. You can tell that's Phil Collins sitting around with a bottle of Jack Daniels and a drum machine and just writing his heart on a piece of paper, which isn't all that bad. But you're Phil fucking Collins. You you've sold 300 million records. I, I think it's just a lazy song. That's why. That's why.
2: I think it's I think I could actually see what you mean. But something about the atmosphere of that song, I guess it gives me the. Like kind of Genesis vibes and maybe that's, just, that's like a sentimental thing but it the atmosphere and the texture of the kind of the drum machine and the synth and it's got this hushed quality to it that I just find every time it comes on I'm just I'm sucked into mm-hmm. it even though I agree it's not there's not much happening and it's not it's definitely not one of his best songs I don't think but I, honestly I have a hard time even there's one song on No Jacket Choir that I do not like and I'll save that but every other song on that album and Evan don't you don't you roll your eyes oh, no, no, please, every, <laughs> please every other you forget that I can see you Damn it's it. on Skype now. <laughs> every other every other song on no jack required to me just I love it I was actually surprised uh even when I got the reissue and it had been a while since I'd listened to it mm-hmm. not very long but and I put it on I'm like god every single song in here except for that one i I love it so much but but I, when I think about but seriously there's it's once again it's kind of like some of the the albums lower down the list there's not much that stands out to me on that album i like that but seriously has a more organic production style i really do like that about it Mm -hmm. and and there are like we said before it's got a lot of varied stuff i like that a lot um but okay well what is your
0: favorite song on but seriously
2: Probably, and this is probably the generic pick, but something happened on the way to heaven. I just think it's a it's a single for a reason. It's got the classic Phil stuff on there. Got those kind of those awesome horns, which is kind of almost a a cliche for Phil at that point. But mm-hmm. just I don't know. It's got so much energy to it. I love that song. The groove on it, the bass line, and that melody is just classic. But I, I don't. Know, there's a there's a couple other tracks I like, but as a whole, I think it's just some good singles with. Some solid but not remarkable stuff around it. That's how I feel about it. It just it's not a track for track killer album like some of the other songs or some of the other albums that we'll talk about okay,
1: later. Okay, so in long story short, Colin, you and I are in agreement that we're putting uh, No Jack Required at number four. Yes. Oh, oh, look at it. Yes. I love it so much. Yes. All right, guys. Ah, oh. oh, oh, we yes. buried your child. Oh,
0: it's so amazing.
1: All right, so then that leaves to the tough question, though, uh, now that we have that at number four. And I'm glad we did that. I really am. Uh, guys, so does that leave Colin, especially... No, actually, I'm sorry, Ryan, for you, would that leave But Seriously at number three for
2: you? But Seriously is number
0: four for me.
1: Okay, so you'd be okay with putting yeah. it at number three.
0: I'm putting it at three. Yes, I'm. I'm putting but seriously at three. I, I don't know what Ryan has, but I I will go but seriously,
2: at three. I'm I'm feeling okay with. I have hello. I must be going at number oh! three. But
1: okay, all right, guys, guys, <laughs> all right. Listen, all right. Let's just go.
2: I have a feeling that was a controversial pick.
1: Yeah. Now it's. I mean, judging uh, by the screen, it's it's controversial to a sense. But let's let's kind of talk about it. First off, if we're okay with putting but seriously at number three, and I think we are. I think we're all good. Um, I think that's yeah right. exactly now really the thing is that we are getting down to two very different albums and yes. I must say when I went on yes. my Phil Collins journey myself personally um, I was we all go um, on we once. all do exactly it's a rite of passage <laughs> I felt like a duke by the end of it, and the thing is that, like, uh, face value, I would really—I mean, a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's the In the Air Tonight album," but God damn it, there is so much to face value. There are so many different facets and so many yeah. different styles that he does, and there's yeah. also that underlying sense of darkness that is there. And listen, yeah. "Hello, I Must Be Going." Uh, I can I can take the song "Like China" and throw it to hell, oh, uh, mainly for his fuck affected you. accent. Like China? <laughs> like, like, oh, the fucking Cockney accent? Oh, I don't know why that kills me. But okay, guys, they, yeah. <laughs> I would say, in going through my Phil Collins journey, no song surprised me more than Do You Know, Do You Care? Because mm. that is Ooh, just yeah. such a burning brooding, yeah. like, and all, all the shit about people saying about Phil Collins as kind of the weak pop fluff motherfucker. Like, um, that song, like, is... No, that song is a yes. piece.
2: That's top five Collins. Yes. Oh my god, like, yeah. I can even no imagine. That's, like, it.
1: drug trip level. That's, mm-hmm. like a whole different thing there isn't and then he on the track list he follows that motherfucker up with you can't can't hurry love love, which is just like (laughs) the best whiplash arguably one of the best whiplashes of the 80s in terms of track lists Mm. Um, but the thing is that so even though I don't even love every part of Hello I Must Be Going it's an album that genuinely surprises me more so than face yeah. value, but I'm willing to hear arguments either
0: way. Well, so are we just up oh. to the top two now? We, we've oh, decided. yeah. Okay. Okay. For
1: the recap, for our listeners that are wondering, number eight was 2002's Testify. Number seven was 2010's Going Back. Number six was 1996's Dance of the Light. Number five was 1993's Both Sides. Number four, much to Ryan's chagrin, was 1985's (laughs) No Jacket Required. One more
0: night. Oh!
1: And number three was 1989's But Seriously, which leads us down to The Last Two. Which are the
0: first two. I know!
1: It's almost reverse chronological order... You know, almost entirely, I, but still, I, which is interesting.
0: My, my dad said something to me last week. We, we were talking about this, and I, I really wanted to talk about this with him. And he said something that I thought was really interesting that I had not heard before. Um, Phil Collins always made this argument that he wanted to be known as a great drummer. And he was. He was a great drummer for Brand X. He was a great drummer for Genesis when it started. All of that stuff in the the early days, I guess I should say. say. But after these first two albums, if all he wanted to be known as was a great drummer, then he would have stopped after these first two albums. He didn't have to do anything else. like Because he made all the hits and all the money with Face Value and Hello, I Must Be Going. That's it. He could have lived off of that. Genesis was fine. You know, if he only wanted to have credibility, these would have been the only two records he ever put out. That's my argument. That's a good argument. Hmm. And then silence falls over the crowd.
1: No, it's just, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, because, I mean, No Jacket Required, even though it launched him, I mean, I would say that even though we ranked uh, No Jacket Required at number nine, I would say that really (laughs) what that did... (laughs) was by launching him into the, the sphere of a superstar, I think the biggest thing is that that gave him a lot more leeway uh, as a pop artist, like genuinely, would he have landed the fucking Tarzan gig? or more importantly, would he have landed the Disney Brother Bear gig? coveted Brother Bear gig <laughs> Like I don't know. Uh, was, but I feel he was
0: print, he was printing money at this point. That's what he was doing. With everything he did, he was the biggest star in the world. You want to be a credible a credible musician, don't write one more night. That's all that I have to say.
1: One more Night Hate is so surprising on here. But really, let's get down to the real question. Ryan Reed, if you had your druthers, what would you put at number two?
2: My druthers, I'm going with No Jack Required at number two. Ooh. Absolutely.
1: Okay, but that's dead. So you're putting Hello, I Must Be Going at
0: number two?
2: (laughs) Fuck you, man. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's a good. As we said before, I mean, for me, the top three albums you could almost interchange them because they're all so great. I mean, I think they're almost flawless. Seriously, I think they're all as close to five out of five stars as you can get or whatever ranking you want to have. Mm -hmm. I think they're all classic albums. I I think the rest of his albums, there are great songs on each of them, except for Testify. I don't think there's a single good thing about that (laughs) for the most part. But the top three, again, I'm cool with with those rankings being interchanged because they're just all... Great albums, but no, yeah, I would have no jack required at number two because yeah. I think it is. I'm just, I don't know, I just love all of those songs. The only song on that album that I do not like and I think is a shitty track is "Who Said I Would," which is literally a riff for riff mm-hmm. rewrite of Susudio. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same exact synth part. I don't know if anyone's yeah. ever noticed that before, but if you play them side by side, it's the exact yeah. same fucking song, which is just lazy and stupid. So it's as if they just took the tracks and was like, "Yeah, let's just let's just bang out another one. We already got it up and running." So that song that hurts it a little bit for me. That's why I struggled with it and almost flip flopped my two and three spots. But yeah, as it stands, I've got no jacket at number two, but I have no qualms with with this ranking. I'm I'm feeling pretty solid about it.
1: Okay, so Colin, that again leads to you. Uh, Face Value, Hello, I Must Be Going, number one, number two. Where do you put them?
0: Number two is Face Value for me. Oh, uh, really? Yes, yes, number two is oh, Face Value for me. That oh, is boy. a surprise. Face, hello, I okay. Must Be Going, yes.
1: So why, now why is that, why is that? Why does Hello, I Must Be Going hold a little bit more of a place for you over Face Value?
0: I think that he spent all of his energy and time through all those years playing drums in Genesis saying, I have these songs inside me that I have to write. And... He wrote them with face value for, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that took him 10, 15, 20 years to write face value when he turned around, when he turned around with hello, I must be going and you come out with, uh, I don't care anymore, which, which led it. And I actually, I read this. I read this in your magazine, Ryan. I read this in Rolling Stone. Um, ooh, ooh! Wait, <laughs> he said when they asked him to talk about his 15 favorite songs or something like that, and yeah. he said, uh, "I don't care anymore." Was was like the first record was, "Oh, I'm so heartbroken and I'm going through all this stuff," but I don't care anymore. It was like, "Oh, fuck off." Yeah and and, yeah. and I and I, yeah. I really really like that. I think there are some underrated songs I love like China I'm like somebody else talking right now. Yeah,
2: I, I don't uh, care for that song, but yeah. hey, thank
0: I, you Ryan. It, it's so the
2: fucking cheesy. cockney accent I know. A, just like Evan like said. Like
0: China? your it, it, mom and dad don't like me.
2: It's a cool idea for a song, but it's just so <laughs> fucking stupid that
1: I'd uh, agree. Like it, I, that's the other thing too, like it could work, but the execution is just so like listen, are you you're a child actor so now you're playing a vocal character? Like Prince yeah, could do that with Camille. You ain't Prince,
0: buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm putting uh, that out there. I I cannot believe it's true I think is an underrated song. I think do you know? Do you care? Was Phil Collins trying to be Peter Gabriel in 1980? Whatever. Oh, you know what I, mean? I like that. Analysis. No, I, I, I love that. Yeah I, yeah, I think it's great. But I mean, and he I, does a pretty good job. Yeah, and and it all he does it he does do a really good job. And I also I have a very soft spot for the West Side.
1: Which yeah,
2: is, that's which a great is, track.
0: It really, yeah. really is. So I think it, it was. I'm not going to say it was easier because Face Value is great. The songs on Face Value are very good. Behind the Lines, though, you have to remember was a Genesis song. In the air yeah. tonight. Became sort of its own phenomenon. Uh, after that, you know, The Roof Was Leaking was written with Eric Clapton. There were a lot of other people in on those songs for Face Value. I Missed Again and, and all of that stuff. Hello, I Must Be Going, though, that was him saying, I need to figure out a way to follow that up. And that's why Hello, I Must Be Going is more impressive than Face Value to me.
2: I would say just to, just to follow up on a couple things, uh, Like China for me is almost like Phil Collins night. is is gonna say it's like the Phil version of Genesis's Illegal Alien. Yes. It's got this like <laughs> super true. annoying character that he's playing. I don't know if it comes from his days of being a child actor or whatever, but it's just like yeah. it's so annoying. And that that alone, that song, because it is so annoying to me, puts it below face value. Because face value to me has no there's not a, a dip in quality to me on that album. Every single track mm. is okay. very there are no okay. Maybe I'm overhyping a little bit. There are slight dips. Obviously, nothing is is as good as in the air tonight. But they are just track for track. Everything is very very strong. But like China alone, if I'm going to be very just track by track about it, I'm looking at the track list right now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Face Value has anything as weak as like China. Really. And, and even you can't hurry love. As much as I like it, it's a cover, so it's kind of yeah. like. It, I mean, it's sort of the same feeling that I have as going back. It's just sort of Phil indulging his you know motown and soul fix, and so i I don't know that it's a good song, but it just doesn't' you it's know, just sort of lightweight for me so were my favorite track on the album by the way, I don't think we mentioned this is through these walls. I oh, think that song yeah. is fucking incredible, mm, it's yeah. like him at his most art rock, yeah kind of, and I just love that. I love that you know a lot of people don't think of Phil. As having these kind of moody, dark, weird yeah. moments, Phil's yeah. written a few really fucking weird songs. People don't yeah. think about it; yeah. they just think about Brother Bear. So <laughs> when, when you when you
0: that's all they talk that, about. That's all, that's, Bear.
2: Every headline is Brother Bear singer Phil Collins
0: <laughs> gets divorced. I, 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 through these walls and do you know, do you care? Does that not sound like he's trying to be Peter Gabriel on those songs? It, it, it does sound like, but I like that. Maybe I do, too. Yeah, I, I, I do yeah, too. I don't, too, it, I don't necessarily
1: too. fault him, but literally, I think you guys are on opposite sides of the fence, which means that, really, it comes down to Evan and making this final determination, oh. which is how Evan <laughs> likes it, let's be real. But also, you guys have been agreeing on everything right now, so I have no problem with that. Uh, when I think about these two albums here, um, I, I mean, honestly, face value has more a sonic surprises than anything else because and mm-hmm. here's the other thing too in the air tonight the template that he created on that song he attempted so many other times throughout the rest of his career like there's other times where he has like I mean I listen to some of these albums I'm like is he doing another in the air? like almost the exact same like you know opening kind of like synthy Casio whatever kind of track and then like he starts bringing synth elements in but the other thing is that when I think about these two albums you know like This Must Be Love he sounds just so like Quiet, sheepish, like, weirdly heartbroken, even though it's an optimistic song. Like, it's almost like this must be love because I just came out of something really shitty. Like, the one thing about these two albums is that I have a personal horse in the race for Hello, I Must Be Going just because... The darkness and the sinisterness that he has there, he never replicated. But when I'm thinking about a great album, when I'm thinking about everything, Hello, I Must Be Going, if that was Phil Collins' debut album, that would come out, and I have a feeling a lot of people would be like, that's really interesting. Uh, and But I have a feeling with Face Value, he that came out, and his legacy... Is and has been secure ever since. And also, I agree with Ryan the "Can't Hurry Love" cover is as successful as it was. Was really oh. just tacky.
0: Fuck trivial. yeah. Honestly, that was, this... no. If you give me one of the two covers, either "Tomorrow Never Knows" or, or I, "You Can't Hurry Hurry Love," I'm going with "You Can't Hurry Hurry Love." But I...
1: with "You Can't Hurry Love," then you come back with our number seven album going back. That uh, would not have happened. We're uh, not for "Can't Hurry yeah. Love."
2: Yeah. There's just I, so I... much to love on face value. I just.
0: Oh, there right. is you're right you're right. listening yeah. to
2: it today i was even surprised by a couple songs that i hadn't listened to in a while like droned
0: you Droned. that's yeah, a no.
2: cool ass song with this, a very like african vibe and you got shankar right and and think, is that, like it's like, really droned? interesting it's, varied stuff on there there's this really interesting ebb and flow on that album where it just it goes from these really light upbeat kind of peppy numbers like i missed again and well yeah. i guess you can not quite Upbeat, but it just goes this runs the full <laughs> gamut, everything you could want from Phil in one package, and then the, the the icing on the cake. I feel like the argument Buster, I mean, which album has in the in the air tonight on it? If the it's already buster. we're talking about two, two great album, <laughs> two great albums already. They're both fantastic, amazing albums. Which one's got in the air tonight on it? I think that's if the tiebreaker is that. I mean, that song is. Uh, I, I don't know. That, that's. That was my line of thinking on that.
1: Listen, we've been spending almost an hour talking about Phil Collins, and I think that in the air Tonight argument as, 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 you know, ridiculed and as cartoonized it's been over the years, that's a really solid argument. And listen, I am so fucking happy that Hello, I Must Be Going is this far up here, but I have zero qualms with calling it right now. Guys, Uh, let's uh. put... base value on top and let's uh, review it oh Colin that's not a bad loss uh, at we all we each took one for the you team to, man. Uh, oh, uh, man. these, these us <laughs> uh, sounds are I don't know what they're turning into but uh, let's, just stop but uh, <laughs> let's, let's review what we have now and I'm actually really fucking stoked about this guys the Phil Collins chartographers ranking number eight Testify. Number seven, going back. Number six, dance into the light. Somehow way higher up than I thought it would be. Number five, both sides. Number four. No jacket required. Number three, but seriously, mm. number two. <laughs> Hello I must be going. And the number one Phil Collins album. So cliche. Bass <laughs> value. The the Buster soundtrack. You got it, guys. It is right there. Number Buster one Buster so, all uh,
2: along. We all knew it was coming.
1: <laughs> well guys, listen. Um, this is amazing. This is awesome. I'm glad we got to talk about this. But guys, as you well know, there is so much more we need to get into. You're both going to stick around for a happy hour mini-sode right after this, right?
2: Oh, of course. I'm drunk. I have a choice? Why why am I going anywhere?
1: (laughs) Right. And just like our listeners, I hope you're drunk too. Drunk off the good times. In the meantime, before then, Colin, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, Ryan, thank you. I haven't forgotten anything because I'm so glad you're here. Uh, And listen, this has been an amazing podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope all of you, by the way, like us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Google, wherever the fuck we are right now, Chartographers. Uh, You ought to know by now, really. Let's just be honest. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for listening. Keep on listening because you know that we'll be... We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much, guys. Bye!